Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're gonna to be talking about protein powder and using protein powder in the setting of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Specifically, I'm gonna be talking about what I believe to be the best types of protein powders to use if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now, I consider protein powder to be really an essential element, an essential staple of pretty much any supplement regimen for patients who have thyroid disease, and especially those people who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And before I talk about the types of protein powder that are available um, and which ones that I would recommend you consider using, I wanna briefly talk about just some of the benefits of, of protein powder in general and why I recommend patients that have thyroid conditions and Hashimoto's that they consider using it. So number one, we have the weight loss benefits associated with protein powders. This is pretty much a no-brainer for any patient who has a thyroid condition. We know that those patients who have low thyroid function of any type, of which, remember, Hashimoto's can cause low thyroid function, and most people with Hashimoto's have low thyroid function, these patients tend to suffer more from weight gain, right? And it's more difficult for these people to lose weight. Protein powder is one of the easiest ways that you can help with managing your weight in terms of supplements. It's a really easy one to take, and it has a lot of weight loss benefits. Number two, it provides you with a quick and easy meal, and it, that allows you to stay on your dietary goals. We also know that patients with Hashimoto's thyroiditis they do need to be a little bit more strict with the type of foods that they eat, right? It is important that you avoid inflammatory foods, that you're avoiding things like gluten, dairy, and soy, and using a protein powder can really just knock out one meal each day, and it makes it a lot easier to stick to your dietary goals if you have one less meal to worry about. Number three, it can help control your appetite. This kind of goes along with uh, the weight loss benefits that you see with protein powder, but protein, uh, don't sleep on protein powder. It's actually pretty potent in terms of its ability to manage appetite. Number four, it's an easy way to get additional nutrients inside of your body. Now, ideally in the perfect world, we would have everybody eating a healthy whole food diet. Every single meal would be whole food. You would have a broad array of fruits and vegetables and different colors that you'd be consuming of foods, and you would get all the natural ingredients and, and nutrients that your body needs and your thyroid needs to function. This isn't always possible, right? We have travel, we have time constraints, we have stress, we have life changes, all sorts of things. And these all limit your ability to eat healthy 100% of the time. So consuming a protein powder is a good way to get additional nutrients into your body that your thyroid gland needs in a really easy way. And then lastly, uh, I think we're at number six here, it's easy to prepare and taste great, or maybe this is number five, but either way, it's uh, easy to prepare and taste great. Protein powders provide a quick and easy meal, um, and they usually taste pretty good to boot, so it's a, it's a nice way to get those nutrients into your body and not have to worry about a meal. So having said that, these are the reasons why I recommend patients with Hashimoto's have protein powders. But uh, really what I wanna focus on here are the different types of protein powders available. And I have three main types. There are other types of protein powders that are, that are available, um, but these are the ones that I think most patients with Hashimoto's are at least looking at and are at least considering. So number one, we have whey protein. And what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna talk about the pros and the cons of each of these protein powders. And it will become evident to you why it's important to talk about the pros of even something that you might think you might not wanna use, like, like whey protein in this example. So we'll talk about the pros, we'll talk about the cons, and then at the end, I'll wrap it up and give you some general advice to help direct what type of decision you'd wanna make. And I'll also tell you what I generally recommend for most thyroid patients as we go along here. So whey protein powder, let's talk about the pros first. So there seems to be something special about whey protein powder in, in terms of its composition of amino acids in that it produces a pretty profound increase in glutathione naturally. Now, I, when I first heard this, I didn't actually believe it, um, but I looked at the studies and sure enough, it is there. There is, uh, you can confirm this if you'd like, but there is something special about the amino acid composition of whey protein powders that increases glutathione to, to pretty high levels for those patients uh, who consume it. Now, this is important for people who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis because glutathione helps protect the thyroid gland from free radical damage with when your body is producing thyroid hormones. And this is usually part of the problem 
and, and the reason why thyroid patients who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, this is why they have thyroid gland inflammation. So if you could take something that naturally increases glutathione levels, um, or you could just take the supplement form, but in this case, we're taking something which is allowing, like providing the building box to produce more glutathione. If you can do this, then you will have a protective benefit on the thyroid gland itself. So this is a big, huge pro, um, but it does come at the cost of some cons, and we'll talk about these in just a second. Um, another pro is that whey protein has the lowest calorie per protein compared to other protein powders. So what this means is you can consume um, the highest amount of grams per protein and with the fewest amount of calories. So that allows you to, if you're, if you're trying to stay on a strict diet or you're being conscious of the amount of calories that you consume, and remember, I don't necessarily recommend that you focus 100% on your calories, but this is important if you're trying to think about, if you're somebody who's trying to keep track of calories or trying not to have excessive calories or trying to manage your weight. So this is something to consider. So you get the most amount of protein per calorie out of any of the protein powders that we'll be, we will be talking about. Number three, it's rapidly digested and easily absorbed. This has to do with the isolates of whey protein and the way that it is uh, processed. You can get these proteins inside your body, inside your intestines very rapidly, probably the fastest out of all of the protein powders that we'll be talking about today. It generally, uh, protein, whey protein powders generally have a better taste compared to other types of protein powders. Now this is a pro, but it can also be a con, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But if you are uh, more familiar with milk-based products or dairy products in general, then whey protein seems to have a little bit of a better mouthfeel, seems to have a little bit of better uh, taste composition compared to these other protein powders that we will be talking about. And lastly, it has, it's rich in the amino acid leucine, which is necessary for protein or for muscle building and biosynthesis. So it is important from, from that perspective. If you're somebody who's trying to increase lean muscle mass, which is always a good thing if you're trying to lose weight or just be healthy in general, we know that sustaining muscle mass is important for longevity. So if you're trying to do that, then whey protein does make a lot of sense. Okay, so those are the pros, but let's talk about the cons because it's not all, you know, it's not all good things. So con number one would be thyroid patients tend to be sensitive to whey, all right, and other dairy uh, products in general. So this is, this is big problem number one. Even though whey protein does provide your body with a boost of glutathione when used, it can still cause inflammation and other problems because a lot of thyroid patients are sensitive to, to whey. Now remember, whey is actually a protein. So we're talking about being sensitive to dairy proteins. This is different than being sensitive to dairy uh, sugars, such as lactose. So we have lactose intolerance, and then we have intolerance to dairy proteins as well. Now, the proteins tend to be the bigger problem, I think. Now, when you have issues such as um, lactose intolerance, you get a lot of indigestion and inflammation and gas and bloating inside the intestinal tract, but the proteins tend to interfere with the immune system and immune function. And since Hashimoto's thyroiditis is primarily an autoimmune disease, which means you have problems with the immune function, uh, you really don't want to be interfering or messing with that system if you, if you have to in any way. Number two, it may cause gut discomfort. So a lot of people who take um, whey proteins, they do tend to get a lot of gas and a lot of bloating. This is, maybe it's related to the, to the lactose, maybe it's related to some other component, but there are a lot of people who just, for whatever reason, they don't really seem to tolerate whey protein very well. Um, and this is really your body, it's a sign that your body is telling you or giving you that, that you should take as we shouldn't consume this food. So as a broad statement in general, if you're consuming any food and you get a lot of indigestion or abdominal pain or gas or bloating or anything like that, that's a sign that your body is telling you don't consume that food anymore. So take it for what it is. Next, we have not all forms of whey protein are created equal. So as I mentioned before, we have lots of different isolates and different ways that you can process whey protein. And each of these sort of has different benefits. They have, you know, they are more, absorbed more rapidly and they get into your system. They stay into your system shorter or longer periods of time. Um, and that can be a con in the sense that not all of them are created equal and not all of them are ideal. So whey protein can be processed into cheaper formulations, which aren't as absorbed very well, which may be more difficult for the body to digest and to get into your body and so on. So that is definitely a con here. Um, and then lastly, whey protein powders tend to contain more inactive or more inactive binders, fillers, um, dyes, colorants, et cetera, and things like that. And the reason is because whey protein is more, 
let's say it's more available um, compared to like the plant-based protein powders, which we will be talking about in just a minute. And that's because you can go to the store and grab away protein powder and you can get like a, a Fruity Pebbles uh, flavor or something like that. You can get all sorts of flavors. Now, how do you think that the, these things are flavored? Well, it's artificially, right? So if you're getting a cereal flavored uh, whey protein powder of some sort, it's likely going to have a lot of these inactive fillers and binders. And these fillers and binders tend to cause problems for thyroid patients. It is not the case that every single whey protein powder contains these. I'm not trying to make that argument. But what I am saying is if you were to go to the store and grab a whey protein powder, the chances are much higher compared to other types of protein powders that we'll be talking about that this that the whey protein would have inactive ingredients, binders, fillers, dyes, etc. Those type of things that you do not want inside of your body. So that's another thing to consider. All right, so that's that's the pros and cons of whey. Let's talk about what probably a lot more people are more familiar with, and that would be the plant-based types of protein powder. Now, primarily, we're gonna be talking about pea and rice because those tend to be uh, the most commonly used. However, we have a huge array of plant-based protein powders that you can get, including pea, chia, hemp, pumpkin, brown rice, soy, and then blends or combinations of these things. So what you might find is that you have a plant-based protein powder that contains, you know, 30% chia, 20% hemp, 10% pumpkin, and maybe, you know, 40 or 50% brown rice protein, something like that. So any blend of these things can occur as well. But really, I'm talking mostly about pea and mostly about rice because I think those tend to be the most common. So let's talk about the pros. We'll talk about the cons just like we did with whey. So pro number one, usually very well tolerated by thyroid patients. This is point number one. If you're going to be taking a protein powder, you have to make sure that it's, A, it's not causing problems, and B, you can get it into your body each and every day. So even though whey may taste better and it may have a more variety of flavors, if it's harming the body or not really causing a net benefit, then taking it every day is probably not ideal. So the benefit of pea protein or, or plant-based protein powders is that they tend to not cause those underlying issues, the immune dysfunction that I mentioned previously, inflammation, gut dysfunction, et cetera, compared to other protein powders. They still can, and we'll talk about that in the, in the cons in just a minute here, uh, but they tend, to be more, they tend to be better tolerated. If you were just to randomly go grab a pea protein powder off the shelf and a whey protein off the shelf, you'd have more success, just a statistically higher chance of doing better on the pea protein versus the whey protein. They are still very well absorbed, probably not to the same degree as whey protein, but they are still well absorbed. They do get into the body, so your body can utilize and obtain the benefits from the protein powder by getting them inside of your body. Um, the amino acid blend is pretty close to that away, not exactly the same. Now, remember I said there are some, some benefits that probably stem from the amino acid profile of whey protein in terms of its impact on glutathione and also its impact on building muscle mass. Now, these, these uh, plant-based protein powders still have a good array of amino acids and it's similar, just not quite the same. So that is a pro in this case. And then uh, the last pro here is that they usually tend to be more clean or cleaner compared to the whey protein powders. This isn't always true. You can absolutely find plant-based protein powders that have lots of inactive fillers, dyes, binds, colorants, artificial flavors, et cetera. You can definitely find that. But in general, those people who are, who are producing plant-based protein powders know the audience of people looking for them tend to be trying to eliminate or remove those type of things from their diet. So on average, they tend to be cleaner. Let's go to the cons then on plant-based protein powders. So taste can definitely be an issue, um, especially if you're used to whey. So if you're somebody who has been consuming whey protein powders for maybe 20, 30 years, and then you switch to pea protein powder, um, the taste is not gonna be quite the same, right? It tends to have a little bit of a more chalky taste to it uh, or chalky feel. Um, and also the, the, the flavoring is not quite the same. You know, you can make whey protein taste a lot like ice cream. It's a little more difficult to do that if you're consuming a plant-based protein powder like pea, you know, or even brown rice. So taste is potentially a problem for some people. I don't particularly have an issue with it. Um, I think it's something that you can become accustomed to if you just use it for long enough, but it is something to consider because again, remember getting it inside of your body is very important. So you've got to make sure that whatever you're consuming is something that you can do every single day. That's really what's important here. 
Another potential con is that it takes more calories to get the same grams of protein compared to whey protein powder. So again, this is something that you do want to consider if weight is something that is top of your mind. Now, it's unlikely that the small amount of calories that you're consuming from your plant-based protein powder versus your whey-based protein powder is going to have a huge impact on your weight, but it is important and can add up if you're trying to get to high levels of protein consumption each and every day. Remember, if you're trying to get to, let's say, uh, even 0.7 or one gram of protein consumption per, per pound of body weight, that's a fair amount of protein that you're gonna need to be consuming every day. So an increase in 20 or 30% on calories um, for every gram in the case of plant-based protein powder, that can add up over the course of many days and many months. I don't really wanna get you guys to get too hung up on this other than to just say that it is something to um, consider, but it's usually the fringe cases of people that would, that would really need to be worrying about this. If you're only using maybe, let's say one to two scoops per day of your plant-based protein powder, this isn't really something you need to concern yourself with, but I'm at least including it here. Um, con number three, and this is a big one, it may come from a GMO source. Remember, plants can be genetically modified. And so a lot of these, these plant-based protein powders do potentially come from GMO sources. And that's something you wanna consider if you're trying to remain clean, if you're trying to reduce inactive vines, fillers, that sort of thing, if you're trying to keep an eye on all the things that enter into your body, you're not gonna to wanna to put GMO-based uh, or genetically modified uh, uh, compounds into your body. You're gonna to wanna to avoid those. So if you are going to go plant-based, make sure that it's free of those inactive binders, fillers, and dyes, and that it comes from a GMO-free source. So next up we have uh, number three here, and that's hydrolyzed beef protein powder. So we just went through the cons of the pros and cons of plant-based protein powders. Let's talk a little bit about hydrolyzed beef protein powder. Now this one's kind of in its own category, um, and it commonly comes in as the ingredient of hydro beef. And so I've spent a lot of time trying to research and figure out exactly where this type of protein powder comes from. And I've, I've used it in the past myself. In fact, when I was fixing and improving my gut health, I did use hydro beef, I did use hydrolyzed beef protein powders um, in the past. And I, I did have good success with using them, but when I was doing this, the research for this video, it was very hard to find the exact source. At the time, I wasn't really concerned about it, but for this video, it mattered. And as I was looking around, it wasn't really clear how you're getting the protein powder from hydrolyzed beef protein powder or hydro beef. Um, the only source that I could find was that it potentially comes from the parts of the cow uh, that people are essentially throwing away. So you are getting protein that comes from beef, that is for sure in this case, but you might think it's coming from, let's say, the flesh or the, the muscles, and that doesn't appear to be the case. It seems to be a composition of protein powders uh, acquired from other parts of the animal that are, would otherwise be thrown away, for lack of a better word. So take that, take that for what it's worth. Um, however, there still are some pros and cons in terms of using this type of protein powder. So let's talk about the pros first. So I would say the biggest would be that it's naturally paleo friendly and AIP friendly. So there's a lot of thyroid patients who are using the AIP diet to, to essentially fix their Hashimoto's thyroiditis, right? Because the AIP diet stands for the autoimmune protocol um, diet. And it's a, it's a very restrictive diet and it's kind of within the family of paleo diets and it removes certain types of foods in which, and, and also by the way, it removes things like peas and, and, and other sources of potential protein in the plant-based family. So if you're going to remove those, those food sources, you really don't wanna be consuming protein powders that contain these things, right? <laughs> that that doesn't, that's kind of defeats the purpose. So a lot of these patients will then essentially be forced to, be, to use something like hydrolyzed beef protein powder in its place. So it is paleo and AIP friendly. Now, having said that, just a quick aside, I do not see a problem with most patients who are AIP or who are doing the AIP diet and using plant-based protein powders. Just throwing that out there, it'll probably be a topic for another video, but I would at least wanna mention that right here. Um, pro number two would be that it may be ideal for those people who have multiple, multiple food intolerances. So if you are somebody who cannot tolerate peas or the other types of families that I mentioned before, hemp, chia, um, what else did we have there? Pumpkin, uh, soy, et cetera. Those might be things that, that you have intolerances to, in which case maybe hydrolyzed beef protein powder is the answer because that's some way that you can at least get protein powder and a pretty good array of amino acids into your body each and every day. 
Now here, let's talk about the cons of hydrolyzed beef protein powder. Con number one, we have that it is pretty expensive per serving. So when we're talking about whey protein powder, whey is probably the cheapest, then plant, then hydrolyzed beef protein powder. So if you are somebody who's got a little bit extra money to burn, maybe you're on the AIP diet or you know some scenario like that, then maybe using hydrolyzed beef protein powder makes more sense. But if you want to start off with just a pretty run-of-the-mill average one that protein powder that won't cause issues, then plant-based is probably a better option. Number two, it is animal-based, so it is not ideal if you're trying to avoid beef because you have an allergy to it or you're trying to avoid beef for other religious reasons or whatever the case may be. So do consider that if you are thinking about using hydrolyzed beef protein powder. Um, number three would be taste and mouthfeel. So I know a lot of people say it doesn't, that it absorb, that it uh, dissolves pretty quickly into water, into liquids um, and it has a pretty good taste. I've tasted it before. I don't, I don't have a problem with it per, per, uh, personally. However, it is different from the three that we mentioned. I would say whey dissolves the best. Uh, followed by plant protein powders, followed by this hydrolyzed or hydro beef essentially is what we're talking about here. So that is something to consider. It also has a different texture. You can definitely tell that it's not the same as a whey protein powder or a plant-based protein powder. And if that's something that, you know, maybe causes you to gag or keeps you from getting it down each and every day, that is definitely something um, to take into account. And then lastly, we have con the last con and that is the source. So whenever we're talking about getting uh, any sort of compound, whether it be an ingredient, a supplement, perhaps glandulars, if it's another type of supplement, uh, or in this case, hydrolyzed beef protein powder, the source matters quite a bit. You don't want to be consuming, uh, because it's coming from the animal itself, you want to make sure that that animal was treated correctly, uh, that it wasn't being uh, introduced to GMO type feed, that it, that it had good uh, living conditions and so on. And in this case, you really need to make sure that whatever the source is, that they're following these sort of guidelines and these sort of protocols. Now, I will tell you from the research that I did, in the case of hydro beef, those tend to come from places such as Argentina or New Zealand, I think New Zealand specifically in the case of hydro beef, and they do tend to have pretty good standards for treating cattle and livestock there. Um, so I don't think that that's a particularly a big issue, but if you're getting it from another source, you do wanna pay attention to that. Lastly, pr probably not even worth mentioning too much here is that if you're consuming any sort of uh, bovine-based product, there is some small risk of uh, bovine encephalopathy, that again, in the, but you can only really get that if you're consuming the brain tissue. So I don't really want to freak people out by introducing that topic here now. But theoretically, if you don't know the source, then maybe that's something to consider. But remember, the only way to get that, this is called, you know, bovine encephalopathy is, uh, uh, spongiform encephalopathy is short for mad cow disease, by the way, for those who maybe um, aren't familiar with it. Uh, so you, you want to get it from a, you want to make sure that you're getting your protein powder from beef that had, from a country that has never had that disease uh, localized to it. So if you're getting in the case of Argentina or New Zealand, you're good to go there. So I don't want to spend too much time on that because uh, that might needlessly freak some people out. So let's talk about some general rules. These are the top three. We went over the pros and cons. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? Here are some general rules and general uh, guidelines that you can follow. Um, if you have Hashimoto's, ideally, you're going to want to go for something that is gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free. So just think about that when you're looking for your protein powders. Go for, go for gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free. That means no soy-free based uh, protein powders, and it also means you might pro you're probably going to want to instinctively stay away from whey, at least in the beginning. And that sort of leads you down the path of going to something like a plant-based protein powder. If you are going to get something that is, that is sweetened, stay away from artificial sweeteners and look for things that are, stevia, that are sweetened with stevia and or monk fruit. Ideally, monk fruit would be best case scenario here. Um, there are a couple of other sweeteners that can be used. Just stay away from the artificial ones. I'm not going to get into argument about the difference between stevia monk fruit and the other uh, sort of natural-based sweeteners, but uh, just pay attention. You don't want anything that has artificial sweeteners. Uh, along the same vein, you want to stay, from, stay away from things that have artificial flavorings as well. Look for natural flavorings. You do not want artificial flavorings. You want natural flavor, flavorings. 
Um, number four on this list would be you want to stay away from protein powders that have a lot of preservatives or chemicals. And these are primarily introduced to improve the mouthfeel or the taste. So in the case of flavoring and sweeteners, that's more directed at improving the taste, but you have a lot of chemicals and preservatives, which also improve the mouthfeel. And if you're not familiar with the term mouthfeel, that just refers to how the substance that you're consuming, in this case, food or protein powder feels inside of the mouth. And remember, I mentioned some of these protein powders, they do have sort of a chalky consistency to them. And what a lot of these chemicals and preservatives will do is they try to alter that just a little bit so that you're not getting that chalky sensation because they know if they can alter it with certain chemicals that you're more likely to consume it again and again and again. So this is sort of how the food industry can kind of play with the brain a little bit. Now, you want to stay away from these things though, right? These are, the, these are chemicals and preservatives that you do not want to be introduced into your body. So stay away from things that are trying to artificially change that or to trick the brain into thinking that you can, should consume more and more of these foods. And then lastly, stay away from anything that has dyes or colorants. If you look, you make sure that you know how to read a nutrition label. And if you look on the ingredients or the supplement facts panel and you see things like red number five or, you know, blue, blue number 16 or whatever it is, you want to throw that protein powder out. Do not buy that protein powder. Look for as few inactive ingredients um, as possible and look for things that you can pronounce. That's an easy way to sort of think about it. So no chemicals, no preservatives, no colorants, no dyes. Um, stay away from the artificial sweeteners. Look for natural sweeteners. Uh, like stevia monk fruit and stay away from things that have gluten, dairy, and soy. And that is a really good starting point for patients who have Hashimoto's. My general recommendation, and this would be my parting thought to you, would be to start with a plant-based protein powder. And I tend to believe, and based on my experience, and I've, I've had the opportunity to help a lot of patients, we're talking thousands and thousands at this point, who have used the protein powders that I produce, I tend to think brown, or sorry, not brown, brown rice protein powder, as well as pea protein powder, tend to be the best tolerated for patients who have Hashimoto's. Now, that's just a general recommendation. There are absolutely patients with Hashimoto's who can tolerate whey, who, some who prefer to use the hydrolyzed beet protein powder. There are many different options that you can, that you can consider, consider, but statistically speaking, most patients are gonna do well on the plant-based protein powders, and that's why that tends to be my recommendation. But again, there are always nuances to it. So um, if that's pretty much all I have for you guys today. If you haven't already, make sure that you download my free thyroid PDF resources. I have tons of information all designed to help thyroid patients like you feel better. So if you haven't already, make sure that you check those out. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comments below, or you can also shoot us an email and I'll do my best to address those. It always helps me to get uh, your feedback because it gives me ideas for new videos. And it kind of helps me to understand what sort of things that you guys are worried about and what sort of things you guys are thinking about. So if you haven't, make sure that you do that. Um, and that's all I have. So otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next one.